dedicated to each and every one of you who appreciate a great glass of wine. You know what I mean? It's Monday. Let's raise a glass to the beginning of another week. It's time to unscrew, uncork, or saber a bottle. And let's begin exploring the wine glass. Today, we return to an allure of the poor episode. I sat down with Gonzalo Bertelsen, head winemaker for Venitos Vermonte in Chile. This past Saturday was Earth Day, and I hope everyone listening raised the glass and did one extra thing to help preserve our little planet. Vermonte is all in when it comes to protecting the environment. The beautiful design on their labels represents the living soils that are a result of their 100% organic and sustainable farming. Please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. Did you know you can do it right there while you're listening? New ratings and reviews are how the algorithms decide which podcast they recommend to others. And if you love the podcast, other wine lovers will too. Don't forget to add your email address on the website to keep up with all things Exploring the Wine Glass. Slancha. Hey everybody, I'm Lori Budd, a UC Davis winemaking program, Spanish wine scholar, Somday service, champagne and Cotteron specialist, and a WSET level two graduate. You can find Exploring the Wine Glass on all the socials, as well as your favorite podcast catchers. If you haven't subscribed yet, now's the perfect time to swipe, subscribe, rate, and review. Stay in the know about all things wine by visiting my website, exploringthewineglass.com. I promise I'll never tell you what to drink, but I'll always share what's in my glass. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Allure of the Poor. Today, I am sitting down with a head winemaker for a Venitos Veramonte, Gonzalo Bertelsen. How are you today? I'm very well. Uh, thanks, Lori, for inviting me. I'm really excited to be here with you and, and share uh, what we do here in, in, in Viñedos Veramonte in Chile, the Casablanca appellation, uh, especially for this you know, special day, Earth Day. Um, really important for us. Yeah, so we are recording this right before Earth Day. So Earth Day is April 22nd. And uh, I it's been around since I think 1970 is the first year that it came about. And I think I read that somewhere like 20 million people, uh, you know, marched in, you know, in harmony <laughs> in order to show that we need to protect this earth. And, you know, uh Veramonti is so much involved into this and we just thought that it was a perfect time to talk about your wines and to talk about how we can help uh promote this earth day and protect the one planet that we live on so i want to first get into knowing a bit more about you i i i read about you and i can pretty much say that wine is in your blood you grew up in a family of winemakers so tell us about your childhood around wine, and did you ever want to do anything else? <laughs> no, yes. Well, I, I grew up in a, in a small city uh, closer to Casablanca. Mm-hmm. Uh, since I was a since I was a, a child, I always saw my you know my my mother, my grandparents, my father um, having wine on the table. So for me, wine uh, was something natural, you know. Um, we had a, the, I didn't because I was a child, but my, my, my dad, he's still alive. Uh, he's still 
has a glass of wine every day. He's 80, 80, 82. He turns huh? 82 this year. So um, grapes and wine was always in, uh, in my family. And, and on, from both sides of my family, uh, dad and mom, I had uh, winemakers in the family. I never met them. Oh. I never met them. But they were there, you know, and the, the Sunday lunch conversation, uh, we always talk about them. And my, my dad and my grandfather had a, a cellar in the house as well. Not a big one, but they kept the, their wines. And so I grew up in a, in a, in a family that, uh, you know, wine was, was part of the daily life. Right. Um, and it was that. Um, no one in my family today is related to wine except by me at, at this time <laughs> which is something really special you know because when 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 I talk to my my dad or my grandfather or some aunts or uncles they they, they kind of like that I you know came back to this um, nice and lovely profession you know that is making wine and selling the wines and growing grapes so um, it's really inspiring for me to be, I don't know, to, to do this. And, and, and you know, I, I always liked the air. And I, when, I, when I was a child, I wanted to be a, a gardener, you know, I, <laughs> because I like plants. And, and then I decided that if I studied agronomy and viticulture, it would be better for my future instead of <laughs> gardening, you know? <laughs> So I did that, um, and I love wines as well, but I always uh, like some other kind of um, uh, cultivars, you know, uh, like oh, flowers or trees or whatever. But since I, I started uh, studying in university, I realized that, that grapes, viticulture, and making wine was something that I really liked. I had it, you know, in my blood, I guess. And I started, um, I did my specialty in enology and viticulture. And I started working in, in a few wineries in Chile uh, back in, that was back in 1997. And after nine years working as a winemaker, I decided that I, you know, I, I wanted to have a, a small break, but at the same time, I wanted to study and, and get some more knowledge. And at that time of my life, I, I was uh, very much influenced by some Australian viticulturists and Australian winemakers. And Australia was doing really well at that time, at the end of the 90s, you know. Um, I had some friends there. And so I went to, to Adelaide to study in Australia, to study a Master's of Enology. Um, I moved there with my with my wife. We had just married a few months ago. And so we spent a couple of years in Australia um, learning and working. And, and we had really, really much fun over there. And um, I still remember those years as the probably some of the best years of my life. You know, <laughs> uh, Going back to school, I met a lot of uh, young and new winemakers, a lot of researchers as well. And, and they have a different philosophy than the ones that I, I had here before. You know, in Chile, 
Uh, when I studied in university, um, we had a lot of influence from the French, uh, French uh, okay. teachers, French winemakers, French terroirs. And um, at that time in Australia, it was because uh, the Australian wine industry was based uh, in, in people that uh, believed a lot in, in, in chemistry. You know, so it has a lot of like chemistry approach and um, less blah, blah, you know, less <laughs> and more facts. <laughs> more so, science versus the terroir and art. Yes. You know, um, that was the Australian approach, which is, which is good, you know, a um, lot of research. Um, and I, and today, I guess uh, my, my view is something in between, you know, the, the of course, the, the, the first lessons that I learned from the, this French influence, my own experience in Chile, in Chile and Argentina as well, and everything that I studied in, in Australia as well. So um, that's it, you know, that's what, I, that's what I do, that's what I believe, and, and, and that's how we make wines here in, in Bramonte today. So returning back to when you were in school in Chile, you were, it says you were accepted into the Association of Enologists and Agronomists. What is, is that an association or is that like the title of what you graduated with? I I studied in um, in one of the best um, agronomy and enology schools in Chile. It's called, uh, it's the Catholic University. It's a a big university in in Santiago. Um, but then, uh, at the end of the, my university years, I, I do my specialty in viticulture and enology. But I, the university in Chile doesn't get you the, the enologist degree. Oh. So in terms of getting this, this degree, you need to, to apply. And then you need to give a test. Um, and after you approve, you, are, you get your like enology degree oh, okay. uh, winemakers degree in Chile and, and you're accepted you know in the, in the association but it's not it's not something that you have to do because you can still make wines and be a, a, a winemaker in Chile legally you know um, but you're not part of this association yeah. uh, so it's if I if I if I don't have this enology degree given by this association it it doesn't really matter, you know, but um, I guess it's always good to get your your first jobs, you know, um, right. an, another degree, another recognition to your to your work. Right. Well, I think that that's one of the main things about winemakers in general is you can do all of the book knowledge that you can, you know, for like us, we can go to UC Davis or Fresno State or Cal Poly or whatever, mm-hmm. and you can get you can ace every test there is that they provide for you and then each time you go into the vineyard vintage after vintage it's a completely new ball game right because mother nature has changed things that obviously everything can't be in a book so there's book knowledge and then there's vineyard knowledge i should say of course yes yes yeah that's that's of course the practical thing the being in the vineyards and 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 have some studies complements um, all your experience. You know? So I think we need both. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then to gain your uh, 
hands-on knowledge. I mean, you've traveled extensively. You've been to Bordeaux, Languedoc, uh, Campo de Borgia, M McLaren. You were here in Napa um, in, the yeah. ca in California. So do, do you, when you travel and you work at each of these regions, are you like storing things in your brain of, I like this, I don't like this, this works with this, but this doesn't work with this? Like, Yeah, of course, of course. The, 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 you know, at the beginning, I just wanted to to eat the world, you know, to travel and work and make a lot, lot of experience everywhere that I that I could. My my first vintages overseas were in were in France. Um, I guess according to this uh, French connection that we had in the in the past, you know, in Chile. And then I started working, and I worked in Napa. Um, then a lot of uh, work in, in Australia as well, in Spain, and then. I worked for 13 years in, in Mendoza, in Argentina, uh, before I came back to, to Chile to work for Medamonte. So every place, every every place has you know different styles, different um, terroir, different soils, different technology as well, a different culture, and it's a very very nice thing to be able to go there and work and 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 absorb all, all that that knowledge, you know, and, and I think we need to keep doing it, you know, um, we need to keep traveling and working and tasting. Today is easier because I guess the world is more connected and, and it's easier to, to take a plane and mm -hmm. probably, I guess, cheaper than it was in the past. Um, and also, um, we have a lot of imported wines everywhere, you know, in, in a, few, a few years ago in Chile, you, you just had Chilean wine, right? And not not wines from overseas, and and I guess in in United States is the same. You know, today when you go in a wine shop, you can see wines from all over the world, in small wine shops, large supermarket chains. So it's easier to to taste each part of the each part of the world in a wine glass. No. Absolutely. You can try if you can't physically travel, you can travel through the wine glass. Yes. Okay. So let's bring it back to this beautiful holiday that we have, Earth Day. So again, Earth Day is April 22nd. And you know, I think uh Veramonte is kind of at the forefront of leading the cause for helping to preserve the the planet. So when was uh, Venidos Veramonte founded? And what was the goal at that time? And how do you see the trajectory of what the goal is going forward? Yes, Benamonte was was founded um, at the end of at the end of the um, decade of two thousand um, in 1996 was um, we started to build a winery and was finished by by nineteen ninety eight. Uh, here in, in, in Casablanca Appellation, uh, that was uh, like a new like a, a new discovery. It wasn't discovered by by us by Veramonte, uh, but the first plantings were done a few years before by famous uh, viticulturists that planted the first vines here in in Bedamont, in Casablanca Appellation. So we, we planted a few years later. Um, it's a it was a, at the beginning it was a big a big vineyard that is, is getting a little bit reduced um, right now. So the vineyards have more than 
more than 20, I would say 25, 26 years old at this at this time. And at the beginning was was a conventional a conventional vineyard, you know, with use of of um, uh, agrochemicals like 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 many of the vineyards in Chile at, at that time. Um, but within the years, um, Agustin Uneus, that was the, the previous owner, today Veramonte uh, belongs to a Spanish group called González Villas. The owners, they, they make a lot of uh, cherry in, in Jerez, in Spain. So today it's owned 100% by, by González Villas. Um, around 2004, 2008, the company started to think in moving from conventional viticulture to more to a more organic um, uh, um, cultivation you know so it was around 2008 that was finally that decision was was taken and and today um, this of course you don't do everything at the same time you go mm -hmm. step by step there is a transition and then you start working a, a few blocks every year, few varietals. And today, at this harvest, 2023, we are 100% organic certified. And all the, all the grape production also is 100% uh, biodynamic certified, you know? So, but the, for us, the, the most important, uh, more, more than the biodynamic techniques is the, is the organic um, approach. We care about the soils. We give a um, lot of um, importance to the soil, the way we cultivate the soils, the way we treat the soils, um, the way we grow um, the, the weeds, you know, the, the grass in the, in the vineyard. Um, we, use some, we don't use any chemicals. Um, we use uh, manure, you know, compost. Um, we spray with sulfur. Um, Dust, dust sulfur, um, which is which is okay with the with organic, and also some preparations. But it's basically everything that we do is very very natural. We don't because we believe the in order to grow the roots and produce good quality, uh, we need to keep the soil alive. That's why um, we have a we have a sentence that we use and we put it on the label of living soils. You know. We, we believe in living soils, and that's part of our philosophy. It's part of our culture as well. When Veramonti started, the winery itself is in Casablanca, mm -hmm. so, right? So that translates literally to White House, correct? Yes. So yes. what is the climate in Casablanca? like? Because at the time Veramonti was there, like Casablanca wasn't very well known as a wine region. No. So no. talk us through what Casablanca is like, what somebody can expect if they're there um, sure. in general. Sure. Look, uh, the capital of Chile is Santiago, which is located in, in the center of Chile. And in a straight line from Santiago, which is closer to the Andes, to the coast, then the, we have the main port that is called Valparaíso. So we have the, big, the biggest city, and the biggest port. In between, closer to, to the coast, closer to Valparaíso, maybe 30, 40 kilometers from Valparaíso, is is, it's a valley and a small town called Casablanca. 
So the appellation is called Casablanca. The valley is called Casablanca, and it's um, it's a it's a cool climate appellation, um, influenced by the by the Pacific Ocean. In at this time of the at this this part of the part of Chile, we have the influence of the Humboldt current, which is a very cold um, cold water current that comes from the south, from the Antarctica, that gets very close to the Chilean coast. That's why the water temperature during the whole year, winter time and summertime, is very cold. So that means that all the winds that come from the from the west towards the east, you know, inland, are very cold and with some humidity as well. So that's why we have a lot of um, a influence from the from the cold waters of, of the Pacific. So really similar to what happens in when you go to San Francisco, for example. Okay. That is, you know, it's very cold, and then if you go to Napa, it's warmer. So we, we get this... Um, it's not the same. I would be like similar to Carneros, you know, that, that kind of um, places where you can grow easily, Sauvignon Blanc, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir. Um, we also grow some other varietals like, like Merlot and, and Syrah and, and some other whites like Roussan, Marsan, Dionier, Semillon, but more like at a small experimental level. But the main varietals are Sauvignon Blanc, Chardonnay, Pinot. Pinot Noir by far, those, those are the varieties that represent uh, Veramonte. And in terms of soils, uh, it's all granitic soils. The granitic soils are, it's a very old rock that is basically very old and, and breaks and decomposed. It's yellow, a little bit um, like dark yellow with some, some clay. It depends on if you are in the flat part of the valley or, or you are more like onto the okay. hills. In our case, we are in the in the warmer part of Casablanca, in the case okay. of Veramonte um, Vineyards. Um, and in terms of maturity, you have probably 10 to 14 days to get the same maturity from the warmer part to the cooler part of oh, okay. Casablanca. But we are in the warmer part part of Casablanca. That means that we we pick a little bit earlier than some other um, wineries or, or vineyards that have uh, planted here in, in Casablanca. In the, um, at the beginning, of course, there were just a few, in the 90s, just a few hectares of vineyards in, in Casablanca. And at the end of the, around 2010, 2009, Casablanca Appellation had around 6,000 hectares. That's like around 10,000 acres, more or less. Uh, but today, that surface um, dropped probably in 20 or 30 percent, due to many reasons. A big reason is climate change. Um, we had a lot of water in the past. Um, today, we don't have enough rain. Uh, so some of the vineyards got old and don't have a, a lot of water to, to produce grapes. Um, everything, and of course, uh, the, the rainfall was really important in, in Casablanca at that time and in the past as well. Um, and today we don't get 
we probably will get less than 50% of the rainfall that we used to get at, at that time. And at the same time, those first vineyards that we planted in Casablanca got a little bit old. Um, and today, um, vineyards like, or wineries like Veramonte are in the process of replanting some of those old blocks with better uh, genetic material, better clones, better selections, and different irrigation techniques as well. And, and the other explanation of this um, drop in the surface is that at the beginning, we didn't understand that um, grape production or vine production um, has, to be, has to be very precise and we need to take care of the environment. A lot of chemicals, big productions. Uh, we didn't care about the soils. You know, we were fertilizing the soils. We were, you know, spraying with chemicals, with herbicides. And today we understand um, we need to take a different approach. So that's what we do now, you know. And now a word from our sponsor. Looking to be in the know about Dracaena wines? Want to be the first to know about our new releases and special offers? All you need to do is sign up for our newsletter. There is no commitment necessary, and I promise you we won't spam your mailbox with loads of messages. Need another reason to sign up? Quite possibly the best reason? You'll immediately get a discount code for 10% off your first purchase and be privy to newsletter-only discounts. Let Dracaena Wines turn your moments into great memories. Visit our website, www.dracaenawines.com, or use the link in show notes to sign up. It will take you less than a minute, but the rewards will last a lifetime. And that brings us back to the to the statement that's on all of the labels. Um, everything is the living soils. So you had you had started to talk about the living soils and the fact that you know you have you work with animals so that you're making the own compost they're they're helping to tr- you know keep the the cover crop under control um yes. can you do cuz i think it's incredible to watch a vineyard um that used to be herbicide cuz everybody was like yes 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 this is what we're going to do so that we get lots of fruit versus looking at a vineyard that has the, has what you call living soils um the con- you know the contrast of what used to look good versus the beautiful green and the beautiful things of these living soils. So can you talk about how Veramonti does what they do to maintain these living soils? Well, you know, many years ago, as you said, we were spraying and and we we could see the the bare soil and the vines, you know, green and dark, you know. And today we we have, we see many colors, Many many colors. If you see, if you see in the, um, I, I'll try to show the few of the labels. You know, yes, that's one of the labels with a lot of colors. And this is the, for example, the Sauvignon Blanc mm-hmm. label. So that's what that's what we see now. We see diversity. We we see color. We see animals. We see bees, butterflies, uh, grapes, flowers of different colors: uh, blue, yellow. Um, orange, you know, uh, you see life. In, in in the past, we used to see grapes and and a, and a dying soil, you know, dying soil. Today today we see a living soil. 
Uh, the soil has a um, lot of organic material after all these years. Life with worms living, um, with some, of course, the wildlife came back to the vineyard as well. A lot of birds that help us to 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 control some some you know some, uh, some other disease, um, and you see life. I think that's that that's the most um, shocking thing today, and the most beautiful thing is that you see something that is 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 alive. That you know you're preserving the the life of the soil and the, the environment, and that's the main change I would say. And of course, the the you can see also that the, the addition of these because we're not allowed to use any fer chemical fertilization, you know. So everything everything we, we do, or basically most of the, the, the fertilization that, that we do is 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 cow manure that is being fermented and we blend it with some some straw and with all the 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 compost that we produce from the from the winery, um, the grapes, the seeds, some of the leaves, we mix everything, we turn it around, we add some water, and once everything is fermented and the temperature comes down, we can put it we put it back to the to the vineyards and we try to sometimes we put it on top of the of, of the soil and sometimes we do a little bit of incorporation. Uh, into the soil, and then of course we you need you need some water for these nutrients to to go down to the roots, and that's how it works. Um, we're looking for balance, a balance, balance vineyard, a balance canopies. Um, in general, in organic uh, viticulture, you don't see huge productions grapes in terms of um, productions per per hectare or per Per acre, um, but you see probably more taste, more berries, uh, smaller berries, uh, better color, more concentration. I have seen also uh, within the years that that the, all this the tanning maturity, the grape skin maturity, um, goes hand to hand with the with the alcohol and with the with the acid. Oh. So. It's it's not it's not easy to to, to to explain, but it works like that. By by some reason, um, the the vine is more in balance. So when the acid goes down and the sugar goes up, and, and you have all these flavors at, at the same time in balance, it's time to pick. Normally, you get a lower alcohol level with a good good maturity, and you know today we're all Consumers and producers and, and and wine lovers are aiming for, in general, you know, for lower alcohol wines, more elegant, less concentration, less oak. And uh, and I see in in the organic viticulture uh, um, a good friend, you know, to do that. I think it's the way to it's a way to to go. And additionally, um, in terms of around the vineyards, not only are the living soils within the vineyards, but you actually are surrounded by like 2,500 hectares of a native forest and yep. 24 nat different species of birds. It must be magnificent to see, to go to work every day. Yes, it is. It is. Um, 
and of course everything is it's all this diversity that I talk about is is present here and you can see a lot of um, wildlife in the in the in the vineyard as well a lot of birds a lot of ducks um, we have some very and a few like endemic species of Chilean ducks that oh. that live in our in our property um, I didn't know this, but we we had a we had a study uh, a few years ago, but some people from from local universities, and and they found this. You know, there are some some endemic species of ducks that that live here, and it's really it's really amazing how they they stay here and they reproduce and they survive, and it's really it's really good. And we. Talking about this, we, we we got an email from this morning from a from a researcher from a local university that he was um, contacting us because he wants to make a study of the of the mist that we have every day uh, because we're closer you know closer to the ocean and we have a lot of like morning mist and he wants to do some studies to kind of um, uh, catch this water from the mist. Um, and put it into the, this this wild forest that we have, you know. So we're as a as a company, as a winery, we're always open to keep learning and doing things um, to help the environment, you know, and to 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 bring some more water and biodiversity to the to our vineyard. Absolutely. And so let's let's talk about some of these wines. I have um we'll start off with the Sauvignon Blanc. So yeah. the Veramonti Sauvignon Blanc and the labels as you started to show, these are representative of the living soils that are in that are in the vineyard themselves and yes. um the colors and some of the organisms. Uh, but you also have this, the tag on it that says made with organic grapes. So tell us about Sauvignon Blanc. Well, Sauvignon Blanc is by far, I would say it's our flagship variety from, from Casablanca and from Vedamonte as well. In terms of surface, in terms of, um, in terms of um, uh, grace, in terms of grapes. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's the because we're closer closer to the to the because we're closer to the ocean and we have this cool climate cool climate appellation that helps the Sauvignon Blanc to, to grow. If you had and then we have I also have Chardonnay and yes. Pinot Noir. So again, um, more more beautiful colors. The Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. Uh, so, if you had a favorite child, which I I hate when people ask this question, but I'm going to ask it. If you had a favorite child, uh, is do you, which one would it be? Oh well, that's the that's a difficult question. Um, but I will answer it. Um, it depends. It depends on the day, because some days. I I prefer Sauvignon Blanc. I would say many years ago, my, by far my, my main variety was Sauvignon Blanc. Today, I think I got a little bit tired of Sauvignon Blanc, but I still uh -huh. I still, I still love it. You know, it's because we have a lot of we we make very good Sauvignon Blancs in Chile. And we had a lot of a big coast with a lot of seafood and fish. So 
a fresh and young Sauvignon Blanc is always good on the table. Um, but you know, Sauvignon Blanc for me is very technical. You can make if you have good if you have good grapes, you can make a very good uh, Sauvignon Blanc using the nice techniques. But Chardonnay and Pinot Noir are more challenging. Okay. You know, um, I think if you compare Chardonnay with Sauvignon Blanc, uh, with Chardonnay you can make a much more complex wines uh, in general. Different styles you can ferment it in style steel, ferment it in, in oak, different kinds of oak. Uh, I like French oak for the Chardonnay, and you can leave it on the lease or 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 drag it from the lease uh, if you want to have more more um, weight in the palate or not. Um, so by saying that, I think I would prefer Chardonnay over Sauvignon Blanc today, but to me, by far the most complex and difficult variety in the whole world to grow, to make, and sell is by far Pinot. <laughs> it's a fussy grape. It's uh, it's always challenging you. Um, it's a variety that in the vineyard um, it's very sensible to any stress. Stress, sunlight, temperature, heat, um, wind soil condition, um, etc. Um, and, and in the winery, um, it's very challenging as well. Um, and, and you know, the, the most expensive wines in the world are, are the Pinot Noirs. I don't know why, um, but people is paying crazy amount of money by some Burgundy Pinot Noirs today, um, Romane Conti, you know, more than I don't know, fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand euros per bottle, which I think is um, it's a little bit crazy today, you know. <laughs> because for because for a few dollars you can get a, a Veramonte Pinot Noir, and it's really it's really nice. Um, so I will stay with the complexity okay. of the of the Chardonnay and Pinot Noir rather than the technical part of the Sauvignon Blanc. And so now the Pinot Noir is uh, goes with fifteen percent whole cluster maceration and fermentation. So, yes. um, do you play around with that percentage? Does yes. it vary per vintage? Yes, um, that's a good question because um, in most of I, look, we call the all the all the Pinot Noir is picked by hand and is fermented in these open tanks, uh, specially developed. Uh, to make Pinot Noir, so you can you can you can uh, work the, the 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 cap, you know, do the punch down or do pumpovers, or you can see the what's going on from from the top. Um, it's all also fermented using natural yeast in in Pinot Noir, um, and we play with different percentages of whole bunch, you know? Um, probably we go from 10 to 30%, sometimes to 40%. Probably 40% is too much. 20 and 30% is uh, more closer to what I like. Um, and it depends every year because normally every year in the, in the first uh, fermentation, we, we play with different amounts of 
whole cluster. Um, today, in the current vintage, 2023, we're closer to 25 to 30 percent. So it, it changes every year. We don't have a recipe. You have the 20 Pinot Noir 2020 or 2021? I have the 2020. At that time, because we started doing this in 18, in 2019, around that time, and we, we have increased a little bit the percentage of whole cluster uh, Pinot in our fermentation. So, so at that time, it was around 15%. Today, it's more than 25 to 30%. And why is that? Um, because we're, we're seeing that um, by making, by using this technique, we, we can uh, make some Pinot Noir that age in a better way, yeah. you know, because the, the, the stocks add some tanning, add some structure. And also, but it, not just like that, also the, the whole berries, when you don't break it, they, you, you develop some sort of carbonic maceration inside. So you get a lot of, lot of more perfume Pinot Noir, more elegant, and you can preserve the, the freshness as well. So Very cool. And then the Chardonnay is a mixture of both uh, neutral oak along with uh, stainless steel. Yes. And so is that that you know so we know that that adds some complexity to it um yes. do you prefer do you prefer one style to the other if um, um well I, I i love both um in terms of stylist steel you will the beauty of the of the of the varietal you know um the elegance salinity um lot of lot of um, tension but at the same time by because today this this Reserva Chardonnay, it's around 50% oak fermented and the other 50% is tannic, no oak, you know. Uh, but um, French oak or Chardonnay fermented in, in, in barrels, in our case, it gives more weight and more complexity as well. And it makes it a little bit more commercial at this, you know, because at, at this at this range, Betamonte, um, the wines need to be very drinkable. And consumers, there are some consumers that like the oak and like the structure. And in our case, we use neutral oak. So you don't get the, you don't get the taste, you don't get the flavor, but you get the texture of the mm. oak in, the, in, our, in our wines. Um, so we're looking for some easy drinking wines with some complexity, but um, at, a, at a price that is affordable by and so the winery itself is located in Casablanca, but you also have vineyards, in, and I'm going to pronounce it wrong, Colchagua? Colchagua, yes. Thank you. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a different, difficult word. Colchagua, uh, it's, it, it's, it's a Mapuche language, you know, it's our um, ancestors. ancestors um, okay. So um, it's not easy to pronounce. Anyway. <laughs> We have two vineyards in 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 Colchagua. One one of them is closer closer to the coast. Colchagua is a warmer, much warmer than Casablanca. It's by by far much warmer than here, but di different soils and different conditions. One one vineyard that is located in a place different difficult name is called Mar Chiwe. Mar 
Kiwex, okay. cl closer to the ocean. And then we have a beautiful vineyard that is in a, is a very small appellation that is called Apalta, Apalta. Yeah. And from that appellation uh, come some of the best uh, red wines from Chile with really, really, really high, high-end uh, wines. And we have a vineyard over there as well in which we produce um, a lot of Carmenere, uh, yes. some Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, Syrah, Malbec, um, and a little bit of, of Garnacha, Grenache, you know? Um, but if I have to choose, because I know you're going to ask me this question, <laughs> one variety from, from Colchagua and from Apalta, I would say by far is Carmenere. By far, we have some some very old vines uh, over there. Some of the vines uh, were planted 130 years ago. Wow! Uh, very very deep roots, always always cultivated in the natural way. So today that we are not organic, basically those vineyards were always um, cultivated in an organic way uh, with flood irrigation. So we have on the on the slopes. New plantings with drip irrigation, same as Casablanca, but on the on the on the lower part where the old vines are, um, we use um, water from the river, no, and it's, yeah. it's it's some sort of flood irrigation, and that's the secret, you know, uh, or some of the secret like deep soil, deep soil irrigation with a lot of water that goes down so the roots can explore. We have seen roots deep as seven to eight meters. So in in warmer years like this, on a in big droughts, the vine is able to survive because um, it has the capacity to absorb all the nutrients of the water from down the sea compared to drip irrigation. That is basically you're giving the water, giving the wine the water it needs, but it's, it's like having always, you know, a bottle right. of water next right. so I think that's the I would say the more natural you go in terms of uh, vineyard management um, the longer you live the better ones you produce um, and I'm not saying something that's I'm not discovering nothing you know it's just the way things are <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So how can people come to Veramonte? Like, how do they get there? Do you accept visitors? And what can they expect if they arrive? We were open to tourism more than 25 years ago. You know, uh, so we have a big experience uh, receiving tourists and, and friends, either in Casablanca and, of course, in our winery in Apalta as well. Casablanca receives every day. We used to be, we used to receive more people in the past, you know, before the, before the COVID, you know, but, but you probably today we receive around 100 people per day wow. uh, in the winery, individual persons or some tours, you know, we have some, some, we're closer to the coast. So sometimes we receive some crews from the, from the port that come here. Those are bigger groups. Um, some people come here and drive by, by themselves or they come through an agency. Uh, we're open to public seven days a week from nine o'clock till five o'clock. Um, 
we love visitors, you know, we, we, we need them. Um, so we're, it's, it's really part of, our, of what we do. In Apalta, it's, uh, it's more, I would say, more, more upscale, probably, a little bit more expensive. Um, okay. Our facilities are smaller, and the wines are, are very special. So we're, we don't receive big groups normally, but smaller amounts of, of, um, of groups of people every day, probably um, five to ten persons per day. Um, but it's really both places are different, but are really open to to experience different different things. You know, you can you can do, of course, you can take the tours or have a little lunch or do a picnic or um, you can go trekking or ride your bicycle um, through the vineyards. So we're really open to public, and and it's part of what we do. You know? It's part of our part of our business as well. And since we're approaching Earth Day, uh, besides opening a bottle of Veramonte and raising a glass to planet Earth, what are, what can people do to celebrate Earth Day? What are some what are some suggestions uh, that you have to to celebrate well, the day? Well, I guess we need to keep doing things. If you don't do it, but if, if you if you care about the environment, um, keep doing it. You know, recycle. Uh, keep the water, turn off the lights, um, take public transportation instead of driving your big car to... <laughs> yeah. uh, many things. I, I think you, every, every decision that we take every day helps to, to keep the planet alive. Um, and it can't, we can't stop. Um, you know, um, we need to support also... Uh, wineries like us that care for the environment, you know. Um, another thing, because a few a few minutes before we you, we had this this conversation, we have, a, and I want to tell you a little bit about this project that we have. Um, within our property, we have four hectares, so around ten acres of land that we give to local farmers so to 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 we have 18 different parcels 18 different families that grow a uh, different different plants like strawberry lettuce tomato uh, potatoes or different flowers artichokes they grow uh, this produce in our in our property we give the land we give the water and we give the electricity it's in conjunction with the with the with the city of Casablanca, and they produce these organic um, vegetables and, and fruits, and they sell it in the local market. You know, so me as a as a Veramonte worker, and everyone in the Casablanca community can come here and buy these products directly from the producers, and and that's how also we can help the earth. Um, to be alive, you know, to support the local growers, organic growers, instead of buying uh, your lettuce or your tomatoes um, from a from a big shop, you can support the local producers and help them to to you know to produce good 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 um, products without any chemicals. So there are many things that we can do every day.
Absolutely. And one of my favorite things is I always try to go out and plant a little tree, um, go find some place that can be happy, where that tree can be happy and try to do that. Um, but Veramonti is doing so much with with the animals that farm for you, that allow you to do the compost with the, with the natural forest that is around you and all of the birds um, and the ducks, which um the i have to point this out all of the birds that are on on the lay on the capsule also um so there's so much dedication to organics and sustainability uh the wines are vegan uh they're eco certified um and the other thing that really doesn't have to do with earth day but i know that people are will love is on the labels themselves they also give you food pairings uh yes. you know the food pairings and that so um i want to thank you for coming on and sharing the wines of veramonte and your time gonzalo and just for i want to thank you again for being so dedicated to protecting the planet that uh all of us need to be protecting uh, that may not only be doing so. No, you're welcome, Lori. Thanks for your invitation. Uh, for me, it's a pleasure to to share what we do, our philosophy, and in a, in a special day uh, as the Earth Day. And and again, um, thank you, and, and and keep doing what you do because um, we're we're all, all part of the same world. Yes. You know? Yes, we are. And hopefully maybe one day I will get to come visit and see Veramonte in in real life, although you may not ever get me to leave that the vineyards and the forest. Uh, so <laughs> I can just envision myself lying down in the middle of the vineyards and just watching all of the wildlife and the colors go by. So um, it, it, it looks incredible. And thank you for caring so much about the planet and for being a forerunner in helping to promote doing positive things for the planet for Earth Day. Thank you, Lori. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Bye. This has been another episode of Exploring the Wine Glass. Thanks for listening. If you have suggestions on what topics you would like me to discuss, please reach out on social media. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as Exploring the Wine Glass. I am also on LinkedIn as Lori Hoyt Butts. Of course, you can always email me at exploringthewineglass at gmail.com and sign up for my newsletter at exploringthewineglass.com. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to help others find me more easily. And most importantly, tell your wine-loving friends, because if you like the podcast, they will too. Podcast music is Wine by Kivitz. Until next week, slancha.
Let's glass right now.